0: one says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty Debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 149 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at Lucian. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. Happy Happy New Year! Happiest of New Years, one and all. It has been a long break, a long, much-needed break. I the longest break I've had since starting the show a year and a half ago. So it has been lovely. It was over in the U.S. of A. with the fam. We had a white Christmas, which was amazing. Um, we did pick up a bit of a sick, kind of coughing bug thing on the way back, which was not as much fun. Not as much fun. Not gonna lie. But we have survived. We're here. We are pretty much over jet lag and we are back. The fantasy football season is in the bag. What a weird into the season it was. I I mean, it's definitely unprecedented. Thankful that, you know, Hamlin is, you know, well, I'm sure everyone knows obviously what happened. Um, He seems to be trending in the right direction, which is fantastic news. Now, just a quick recap for me personally just how the fantasy season went. I was in 13 leagues on sleeper that I had to manage in some way or another, uh, mostly setting lineups. There was one or two kind of dynasty best ball leagues, but you still had to do waivers and trades and things like that. So 13 leagues, which honestly is plenty for me. I know a lot of, you know, especially content creators that are in like 20, 30, 40 plus leagues. That is bonkers. I I couldn't keep up with that many leagues, I don't think. I couldn't have fun. I I live for the joy of the game. I love getting excited about a waiver wire pickup or a trade or something, and I just feel like if I was in 40 leagues, I just don't think I could be as excited or have as much fun. I don't have the emotional capacity. So I was in 13 leagues where I was kind of setting lineups and doing things like that. I made the playoffs in 10 of those leagues. um, In the 10 that I made the playoffs in, I made the semifinals in 8 of the 10. I made the finals in 7 out of 8 and I actually narrowly managed to squeak out four championships um, out of the seven that I was in. So my proudest achievement being a three-peat, my first ever three-peat, and it's a crazy 16-team, super flex, tight end, premium, full IDP, 53-man roster, crazy league with a bunch of really smart IDP dudes. So I have no idea how I've won it three years in a row, but I have, and Probably my proudest fantasy football achievement. But yes, that is a recap, a quick recap of how my fantasy season ended up. Let me know, you know, send me in, you know, an email or a tweet or something. Let me know how your fantasy season ended up. And if you have any questions at the end of the season here. So... This episode particularly is going to be a lot of fun. I did something similar last year um, because when the season ends, I know that the challenge for us dynasty heads is that we get really excited and we want to start looking ahead immediately to rookies and thinking about the draft and how we're going to use our rookie picks and that is going to come. So let me just throw that out there. It will come. Calm down. We'll get there. But I think there's some really interesting and really important things that we can learn and we can think about and we can reflect on right as the season ends. So this episode is a lot of fun. I've reached out to a lot of guests that I've had over the last year or just since the show has been going, just a few guests that I really enjoy and respect and appreciate. And they've been kind enough to send me in some clips. So we're going to have a sort of end of year award ceremony. We're going to talk about our favorite hatchet man of the year, um, or I should say our most frustrating hatchet man of the year, our bust Mart. Candidate of the Year, our Employee of the Week Candidate of the Year, and and most importantly, potentially, something they've learned. So I'm just going to ask, I asked each of these guests who've sent in a recording just to say share something that they've learned from the fantasy season that they're going to try and take with them into next year to help make them a better fantasy football player. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to listen to some of these responses and also... Before I get too carried away, before we jump into that, I do want to say sort of what the plan is roughly. So we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about what we learned and things like that over the next couple of weeks. So through January, probably into February until, you know, right after the Super Bowl, I'm going to do a lot of sort of recapping and looking back at the season because I think that there's a lot that, you know, we can learn from this season just like we can every year, whether it be pay- player evaluations that went wrong. So we'll do an episode talking about misses. We'll do an episode talking about hits. So players that I or my guests were really excited excited about that did pan out, why we thought they would, what we can learn from that, how we can capitalize on that. We'll look at some buy lows, sell highs maybe after the season, um, and just do kind of a little bit of a di- deep dive on some, you know, the quarterbacks, the running backs, that sort of situation. So I'd say over the next sort of four to six weeks, a lot of it is going to be looking back at the season that's just ended, kind of what can we learn from it, what are some tools and tips and things like that, um, that we can, you know, take with us into next year to help make us better fantasy football players, and then Folks, Then it gets really exciting. I love the offseason time where we're looking at rookies and stuff. It's such a great time. So that's already started for me. I've started compiling my lists of running backs and wide receivers and tight ends and even quarterbacks. I'm going to be looking at film. Um, the dynasty nerds film room is fantastic for anybody who wants to get some eyes on these players themselves. Uh, there's places you can, other places you can find tape on them, but this is where I do a lot of stuff uh, because I'm affiliated with dynasty nerds. In some sense, I do a lot of writing for them. I have my rankings with them, stuff like that. I use the dynasty nerds film room. So I'll be looking at film and creating scoring and things like about scoring, you know, pinned to my profile from last year's rookie class. We're going to be doing awesome dive ins. We'll have some amazing guests come on that are really into Devi. Um, we'll talk through the quarterbacks. We'll talk, through the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends we will do some mock drafts in the offseason. So this is a year round show. I know I've had a couple of weeks off here and I appreciate your patience staying with me here. But yes, it is a year round show. It's a dynasty fantasy football show. So that's kind of the makeup of the offseason here. So next couple of weeks, recapping, looking back at the season, what we just learned, what we can take with us. Then for about, honestly, I would say two or three months, we're basically just going to be hitting rookie content. So second half of February, all of March, all of April up until the draft, we'll be talking rookie. We'll be doing mock drafts. We'll be talking what we like, what we don't like, players to fade, players to be excited about. Then once that's over, obviously we'll do a couple of weeks of just kind of landing spots and who we're looking at taking where, things like that. And then we do um, just that's when we're starting to get. I mean, May June time. That's when you're starting to get excited about the season again. We'll talk more about that after the draft, but that's the plan for the next few months. Hopefully you are here for the ride, and I'm excited to have you guys. Without any further ado, let's jump into some of these guest um, these guest recordings. I I am excited for the main event. So I do need to just say these are in no particular order. I just asked, like I said, a couple of really great guests, great friends of the show to just give me a little insight into their votes. So we're going to do some voting on Hatchet Man of the Year, Bust Mart Player of the Year and studs are us player of the year. If you've been listening all year um, or if you've listened at all on and off, you probably know Hatchaman, somebody that tanked you, frustrated you, just annoyed the life out of you. Busmart, somebody that you were excited about at the start of the season or each week you thought you were going to be excited about and unfortunately just absolutely uh, kind of destroyed you. And then studs are us, just the guy that you maybe found on the waiver wire or was just sitting on your bench you didn't expect to be able to use. And thankfully you were able to plug him in, maybe even really helped rescue your season. And then lastly, I just asked them for a little nugget, um, just their own take on something they learned from this season. They're going to take with them into next season. So with first guest here is the one and only Cooter Doodle. If you know her, you love her. She is hilarious. She is a lot of fun. She's been on the show a couple of times. Great friend of the show at Cooterdoodle on Twitter. And she is um, helps run the MB Fantasy Life for Matthew Barry. Um, yeah, she's just awesome. So let's hear what she had to say.
1: All right. Giving out some awards here. Hatchet Man of the Year. I didn't even have to think hard about this one. For me, somebody who was frustrating was Tom Brady because as a non, like I'm a hater. I've been a hater of Tom Brady and I haven't drafted him. This year I did and he scored over 19 points maybe twice, three times. So yeah, it's been frustrating and I, I'm i never going to do it again. All right, this one I'm happier about, the Studs are Us Player of the Year. And for me, this is so easy. I didn't even have to go look back to decide. It is Zay Jones, easy peasy. He saved me in multiple leagues, multiple weeks in a row. And I think he might've had more big games than Tom Brady. Not to bring that up again, but yeah. The bust-mart player of the year, someone that I should have been able to rely on and I couldn't week to week. I'm sorry to do this, but Tom Brady. Yet again, I mean, when you go quarterback, you think it's going to be somebody you're comfortable with that you can start. And this year has just been pretty rough at the quarterback position. But especially when you have the GOAT, I, yeah, he wins two awards. Sorry, Tom. And lastly, a lesson that I learned was don't get too cocky. Um, When you're in multiple leagues, sometimes you think you got it figured out. And I won one championship, but I also lost last place. And last place hurts more than first place feels good.
0: I love that so much. I've actually not listened to these until I'm recording because I kind of wanted to have a fresh response or reaction to them. So that made me laugh. Um, I have on mute, thankfully, while that was happening. But yes, Cooter Doodle, absolute treasure. Super lucky to know her and have had her on the show. Call her a friend of the show. Thank you very much, Cooter Doodle. Um, yeah, those are, I mean, obviously you can feel the disdain and the hatred for Tom Brady leaking through those nominations and the awards. Totally get that. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I agree completely with her, her, what she learned this year. Honestly, I talked to you at the start of the show just about how many you know playoffs got into, blah, blah, blah. So I only didn't make the playoff in three leagues. One of those leagues, though, was a league that I, I had started this year with a bunch of other UK and Ireland like content creators. We all met up in July and had a big thing. It was awesome. And honestly, for the longest time, I thought I was going to come in last place in that league. And it, the pain in my soul was like, Excruciating and unbearable. It makes you question your very existence as a person. You're like, I don't care that I'm about to three peed in a 16 man league. This, the fact that I'm in last place in this league means I'm a failure. Thankfully, I didn't come in last place, but I still missed the playoffs and kind of sucked this year. So hopefully, turn it around next year. But before I feel too sorry for myself, going to move right along because thankfully we have quite a few of these to get through. I'm excited to say, next up is the bearded Bertoloni himself, Wyatt Bertoloni, super amazing friend of mine and friend of the show. Can't wait to hear who his nominations are.
2: Hey, this is Wyatt from JWB Fantasy Football and Dynasty League Football and on Twitter at WyattB underscore here to give some end of the season awards. First, the hatchet man of the year, my pick Jalen Tolbert, a rookie that I really liked. He was a target for me in rookie drafts. I really thought that he had a great path to some relevancy in the Dallas offense. Could easily find himself getting some targets there, but He just struggled to even get on the field and was just a complete miss. He was definitely one of my guys, quote unquote, so it was really tough to see him do absolutely nothing as a rookie and just basically be a complete face planner and someone that you really just have to move on from at this point. My bus smart player of the year is Kyle Pitts. It was so easy before the season to see the potential ascension coming for Pitts with him being the unicorn that he is and having such a good rookie year. But Pitts was actively hurting your lineups prior to injury, only averaging 7.7 PPR points per game. And it really hurt because you couldn't really justify taking him out of your lineups because he was Kyle Pitts. So he was hurting you really bad. My studs are us player of the year is Justin Fields, who was counted out before the season because of the lack of the weapons around him and how bad the offensive line was. But he used his incredible rushing ability to finish as the QB5 in total points and points per games. It literally didn't matter that his offensive line couldn't block for him and that his pass catchers couldn't catch the passes he was throwing. He was still giving you incredible weeks, week in and week out, helping you win your matchups. And what I learned in 2022 is I just really want to continue to improve my rookie evaluation process, because I think that's where you can find some of the biggest advantages In dynasty, like for instance, the player that I was really into was Jahan Dotson, who his rookie draft ADP was like early second round, but I was happy taking him at the 108, and that pick ended up being very good. But you know, the counterpoint to that is my Jalen Tolbert picks that I was making, which I obviously need to improve on because that was a big miss there, but I really think that's somewhere where you can get some of the biggest advantages in dynasty football.
0: Thank you very much to Wyatt. And yeah, I totally agree. Honestly, the crazy thing is until he said that I had so forgotten Jalen Tolbert, because he's been so irrelevant that I literally didn't even process him as an option, which he is absolutely an option. I loved Jalen Tolbert pre-draft. Like I had him as a second round pick, I believe in my pre-draft process. So yeah, he was a major bust and Absolutely Wyatt nailed it there. I think if you're in a competitive league... Um, you know one where the guys are smart girls are smart they know what they're doing they're not just making stupid trades all the time one of the biggest advantages you can give yourself is with your rookie draft evaluation knowing who to listen to um, getting your own thoughts and feelings on the on the players and, and making good picks because that's that's sometimes where the biggest advantages can be in this really competitive league so we'll certainly be diving into that later this year as well next guest here is super special it is none other than Dave Heilman dynasty dorks on twitter the first first ever guest on dynasty debates so he always has a special place in my heart he's a great dude and always love to hear what he has to say so let's tune in here and see what he's got for us
3: what's up guys this is dave heilman aka dynasty dorks and my hatchet man is mike evans seven plus targets in 11 games 70 percent of snaps in 15 games 1717 air yards this guy should have had a phenomenal year. Instead, he was wide receiver three or worse in nine games. Weeks nine through 16, only one 10-point performance or better. This guy was just awful down the stretch, and he killed your teams. If you made it to the finals with Mike Evans, he rewarded you, but most likely you were eliminated because of his poor performances in the first and second round of the playoffs. My bust smart employee of the month or bust of the year it's Russell Wilson. Not only did Russell Wilson himself stink up on your roster. In your single quarterback leagues, you thought he got a late quarterback, maybe a mid-round quarterback with Russell Wilson in your super flex leagues. Man, he's going to be the perfect quarterback too. Absolutely not. Russell Wilson was a QB 2 five times. He was a QB 3 three times. He was a QB 1 five times. But he never was a QB 1 in back-to-back weeks. He also brought down the production of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. So this is why he's a strong candidate, because he's not only stinking it up, but he's bringing other people down with him. Jerry Judy was wide receiver one twice, never back-to-back. He was wide receiver two, four times this year. So that's six times you could have played him this year, and you were just pretty much guessing when you could. And then... Cortland Sutton was absolutely worse. Zero wide receiver, one performances, and only two wide receiver, two performances. Vote Russell Wilson. And my waiver wire pickup of the year, there's a lot of guys. Uh, Evan Ingram could be in the consideration. Ken Walker. Ken Walker had a nice stretch in the middle of the season. Rashad White. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is definitely someone that that finished the season strong. And probably recency bias might win him this award. You couldn't really use him until the end of the season, and obviously, if you got in the playoffs, he, he won you the league. But for me, I couldn't go quarterback. There's just too many quarterbacks. Even though you know, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, those guys probably deserve consideration. Tight ends, you know, Evan Ingram is definitely someone. Like I said earlier, um, that that I think a lot of people, um, you know, finished strong because of him, and he was dropped at some point. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go with the longevity. Uh, I know he did not finish the year strong, but he carried your season. You carried your team all season, and hopefully, you had a combination of Jamal Williams and Jerick McKinnon. Jamal Williams ended up as the RB12 on the season, and he was drafted. He was drafted. So he was drafted at 170. And he finished as the RB18 on the season. He did let you down in the playoffs, but he carried you throughout the season. RB12, and you probably picked him up after week one. So you got to use him for 13, 14 weeks. And he had a touchdown pretty much every week. And so Jamal Williams, because of the longevity, and if you spent $20 of fab on him, you got to use him the entire season versus some of these guys where you may have spent50 dollars on Fab and got to use him three or four weeks. So for me, Jay Boogie, Jamal Williams, go play some Pokemon. I'll say the first thing that I learned is not to be in too many leagues. Being in too many leagues can take the fun out of it. and uh, you know, this summer or this off season, go and, and get out of leagues that you are not having fun in. And um, it'll it'll help you out. So going back to like the strategy and and all that, um, receivers just returned value on such a higher rate. Speaking about guys that were drafted highly, um, of course there was a ton of value at receiver. There was a ton of value at running backs for guys drafted in the in the six, seven, eight, nine, tenth round. But when you're looking at guys that were drafted in the first two or three rounds, running backs did not return as much as receivers did and when you're talking about like high scoring games teams that had high producing receivers just had monster league winning performances and then to to finalize things you know your your tight end you got to get Kelsey you got to get you know a, a, a top tight end having those guys is a difference maker so like I had a team where I didn't have Kelsey, so I made sure to go and trade, by low for Kittle. Helped me get into the playoffs, helped me win a championship. But having a, a sure thing at tight end, it's it's just a game changer for everything. So again, go early receivers. I'm not saying you need to go zero RB, but you definitely want to get some receivers early. Don't spend so much time on the running backs. You're gonna get someone's gonna get hurt. You know. Um, just gonna happen and it's gonna throw your team off so go get those receivers get an early tight end and get running back depth those guys at the end can really be league winners the the Tony Pollard the Jamal Williams those kind of guys all right good luck this season
0: yes love it thank you Dave aka Dynasty Dorks Love to hear another fellow brethren getting converted to the Gospel of Zero RB. You'll love to see it. I agree with everything he said there. Those RBs, as we thought, well, people who are more of the same persuasion as myself kind of thought, might not return the value that you wanted. Your wide receivers held up good. And yes, tight ends matter more than you probably think. Next up, another amazing host, Mike Bauer from the Dynasty Rewind at Rewind CEO, Hit me, Mike.
4: Hey, everybody. It's me, Michael Bauer, a.k.a. at Rewind CEO on Twitter, and I'm the host of the Dynasty Rewind. I want to thank uh, Evan for having me in and for the end of the year awards for Dynasty Debates. I hope I get to be back on this show very soon, So it was last year. Uh, we'll make something work. Don't worry about that. So let's get right into it here. Let's talk about my Hatchet Man of the Year, which, if it hasn't been explained to you, is someone who annoyingly frustrated you all year. This one's going to be weird. Okay, get ready. Justin Herbert. I know, I know, I know. You're probably like, come on, dude, how? But the fact of the matter is, what well, I feel like every time I needed Justin Herbert to come through, he didn't. So I opened up a league that I'm in, pretty standard scoring. It's a devi league, um, but the scoring itself isn't anything crazy. There's no like insane bonuses or anything like that. Um, he never, or I'm sorry, he only hit 30 points once. Once. Which is very unjust and Herbert-esque. There was a couple times where he was, were you know, less than thirteen points, two weeks in a row. Um, there's one time here where there's actually three times where he was under ten points. So Justin Herbert, extremely frustrating for me this year. I do expect him to bounce back um, and be fine next year. So um, he's my hatchet man. Still, I'm all in on Justin Herbert. Just A little frustrated. All right, so next up, the Busmart Player of the Year, someone that we should have been able to count on but that you simply couldn't, in case that hasn't been explained to you, James Robinson. Now, okay, I understand he got traded, blah, blah, blah. We expected him to be an RB3 on our team, a bye week fill-in, a flex play. He was none of those things. (sighs) I mean, look, since the bye week... In week 10, he's been inactive all the, every week but twice. And when he's been on the field, he's given you relatively little. Now, the first three weeks, he did have a touchdown in every week on the ground, one touchdown through the air, <clears throat> excuse me, in week one. But that was with the Jaguars. I mean, Zonovan Knight's been effective. Michael Carter has been doing pretty well before he got hurt. Ty Johnson, he's there as well. So really frustrating. You know, I wasn't expecting an RB1, but I was expecting a little little bit more. And lastly, studs are us player of the year. Look, I said to buy him before the season, my man Jamal Williams. <laughs> Both, you know what, let's give it up. Let's give it up for Jay Willie real quick here. Thank you. Thank you, Jamal Williams. This was do I, I said to play by him before the season, right? If you listen to my show, you would have heard that. Um Jamal Williams is on one of my championship teams and he's been fantastic. This is a guy who has a career high in fantasy points at 236.20 fantasy points. He only played, let's look at the snap percentage here. That's right. He never, I'm sorry, he only played 61% of the snaps one time this season. The next highest he came to that was 50% in week four. I, I love it. He's been a guy that, you know, where I was acquiring him or drafting him was so late and so cheap that he's just been a massive value play. Um, And what I learned in 2022 was I needed to cut down on leagues so I could really hone in and focus. And, you know, startups are fun. They're great. Don't get me wrong, I love startups. But um, I cut back last year and I I got to a better amount of leagues and I won two. I should have won three, but um, it was a game that Devontae Adams decided not to show up. Thanks, buddy. And um, I'm actually cutting three more leagues this year starting up one more. Um, So, you know, I just, I really needed to cut back and I found that I've been better with waivers. I've been better with setting my lineup. I've been a more active league mate. And yeah, so startups are fun. Don't overdo it. But uh, one thing you can do is check out the Dynasty Rewind. So thank you, Evan, for having me on. And I look forward to chatting with you in the off season. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you again to Mike over at the Dynasty Rewind. Great group of guys yeah I love everything he said because a I love that he's just got his own unique style his own unique thought process so that's awesome love that he brought up Jamal Williams again I think Jamal Williams probably the studs are us champion of the year let's be honest and yeah I mean his his you know thing he learned ties right in with what I was talking about at the start of the thing you know like hey look I'm in about 13 leagues that I manage that's about enough for me you know I'm sort of at a one in one out one in sort of you know setting now and he's exactly right once you start getting into dynasty it's a lot of fun and you want to do a startup every year you want to do multiple startups every year when you meet new people and they're into it as well and if you can look don't get me wrong everyone's different if you can handle it if you've got the bandwidth knock yourself out but once you get into too many leagues it's not as much fun and you lose a bit of the joy a bit of the camaraderie a bit of the band. um so yeah i i love that and um we're gonna keep moving here because we've still got a couple more to get through next up is DWZ Memphis, host of the Dynasty Warzone. He's been on the show a couple of times. I'm sure you know him. I'm sure you love him. And I am, for one, excited to hear who his nominations are.
5: What's happening, guys? It is your friend Memphis at DWZ Memphis on Twitter. And I am here to help hand out some end of the year awards. Why? Because my buddy Evan asked me to. And when Evan asked you to do end-of-the-year awards, you get behind the microphone, you get behind the cameras, and you do end-of-the-year awards. So here we go. Who is my hatchet man of the year? Someone you're frustrated that frustrated you all year, annoyingly frustrated me all year. And unfortunately, it was one of my my favorite players from my favorite team, the Indianapolis Colts, and it was Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, I hate to hold it against him from a injury standpoint, but once he got that initial somewhat of a high ankle sprain, uh, he was just very inconsistent from game to game. Uh, I almost went with fellow Colt Michael Pittman. I know Evan and I were both big Michael Pittman guys coming into the season, and even though the targets were there and for the most part the, the catches were there, it just didn't feel like the yards came with the targets. So I'm going to go co-hatchet men of the year, and I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts. Bust player of the year for me, man, a a lot to choose from. Um, Again, he busted mostly because of of injury, and the, the question reads someone I should be able to count on but couldn't. For me, it was Darren Waller. You know, if you don't have Travis Kelsey, you need a you need a Travis Kelsey buster in your lineup. Someone that can go out on a weekly basis and can score on par with a, a Travis Kelsey. This year, it actually ended up being T.J. Hawkinson, and during the fantasy playoff run, it's George Kittle. But Darren Waller just was man. He he hurt so many teams, especially in you know, one tight end and redraft leagues that, that he went high because you're trying to neutralize the effects of Travis Kelsey. So for me, my bust mark player of the year was Darren Waller because even when he did play, he didn't always play great. And then finally, my Studs Are Us player of the year is Mr. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. If you've listened to the Dynasty War Zone for any length of time, Uh, You know I've been a a proponent of Daniel Jones. Glad to see him getting some good coaching and glad to see him be the QB7 on the year in fantasy football. Um, Now, there is some fairness in that Lamar has not played every game. Neither has Kyler Murray and guys like Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson have disappointed, but none of that's on Danny Dimes. You know, Danny Dimes is uh, playing great, and he's doing that, without any weapons, really outside of Saquon Barkley. It's been the Danny Dimes making stuff happen show. So hopefully they can get him some support in the offseason. Uh, but he is definitely my studs are Us player of the year uh, at the quarterback position. What I learned in 2022 is that your dynasty builds should be focused more around the wide receiver. This was a build philosophy that was especially popular Back in the early teens, like 2013, 14, 15, where we were building around guys like Mike Evans and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Then it became very in vogue and on trend to build around running backs. And I think that really started with, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. And then it really got hot with guys like Saquon Barkley. And I think uh, the name B. John Robinson is going to be very popular in rookie drafts this upcoming year. But I think the good way in a one QB dynasty league to be doing your startups is it should be around wide receivers. Uh, They tend to produce year round. They're a lot less likely to get injured. And when you're drafting high and building that foundation of a dynasty team, especially if you want to compete, you should do it around the running back position. There always seems to be a, a Ramondre Stevenson um a a Travis ETN although he's he was kind of expected to be good there's always value to be found Damian Pierce up until he got hurt there's always value running back points to be found but when you have those stud that Jalen Waddle Tyreek Hill Devontae Adams Stephon Diggs Cooper Cup when he's healthy when you have those guys you have a true leg up on on your league mates so Uh, The biggest thing that I learned that going forward is that uh, in super flex, obviously your cornerstones are QBs, but in those one QB leagues and in the the second, third and fourth round of those super flex leagues, you really need to be building around the wide receiver position and filling in at the running back position around that. So there you go. Uh, I knew I couldn't get this done in two or three minutes, Evan, because you know what? I love you and you deserve the best that I got. So, uh, to everybody who listens to this Dynasty Debates podcast, uh, you're doing the right stuff. You're making yourself a better Dynasty gamer because you're hanging out really with a really cool guy in my boy Evan. So this is Memphis from the Dynasty Warzone signing off.
0: Have a great 2023 season. Oh man, I, uh, I, I maybe maybe it was a rookie mistake not to listen to these before making this episode. I'm choking up a little bit here. I am um, man honestly really really appreciate all the guests that have come on you know and and shared any you know come on any of the episodes but the ones that have sent in the audio they're all great people and you know it's just been amazing to build this this these relationships with these people and to learn from each other and stuff it's it's well mostly me learning from them i'm sure but man that was awesome i really really appreciate that memphis thank you buddy um yeah and you know it really hurt my heart michael Pittman jr definitely didn't have the season that i wanted him to have and and agree with memphis on everything he said there And love his take as well. I mean, honestly, like I think I talked a lot off last offseason. I've really come around on the, you know, zero RB sort of life, even in Dynasty. And, you know, this has really done nothing but reinforce that belief. We'll talk a lot about it this offseason. But yeah, I think, you know, hero RB or, you know, zero RB is the way to go when you're building a, a dynasty, you know, and, and let those running backs be the last pieces of the puzzle. Last amazing guests here to listen to. I have another treat lined up for you. Mr. Pat Fitzmorris himself, the. He's a legend. Like, like, come on. Let's let's not let's not make any bones about it. The dude is an absolute legend. Um, I've been lucky enough to have him on the show a couple of times. I've been on his show. Uh, Fist, fits on fantasy. He's a managing editor over at Fantasy Pros. Um, you can find him on Twitter at fits underscore ff. He has been kind enough to drop us some some awards and his thoughts as well. So let's dive right into that and check them out.
6: Hey everyone, this is Pat Fitzmorris of Fantasy Pros. My thanks to Evan. For- for inviting me to be part of this show I'm very honored and my hatchet man of the year is AJ Dillon I thought AJ Dillon was going to be at least a mid-range running back to this season I figured that with Devontae Adams leaving the Packers in the offseason going to the Raiders in free agency Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon were both going to get bigger workloads and especially since the Green Bay defense looked so good on paper before the season, I thought that was going to mean a lot of run friendly game scripts for the Packers and uh, they'd be playing with a lead quite often. Wasn't the case. The Packers defense underachieved for much of the season. And Dylan has averaged just 46.1 rushing yards for 2022. Uh, he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns lately. He's now up to seven for the year, but through the first 11 weeks of the season, he had scored just one. A.J. Dillon was immensely frustrating this season for me. My bust-mart player of the year is Cam Akers. Since week 13, he has been the running back six in half-point PPR fantasy scoring. When he came back from his Achilles injury so quickly last season and the Rams immediately made him their lead running back for the playoffs, I thought it was going to carry over into 2022. And then Akers had three carries for zero yards on opening night against the Bills, why while playing behind Daryl Henderson. Um, And his performance and usage were both wildly inconsistent over the first 12 weeks of the season. Yes, he finally took hold in week 13 and has been doing great ever since. But uh, by that time, a lot of the people who had drafted him for fantasy had already cut him. So tough season for uh, Cam Akers investors. My Studs Are Us player of the year, Geno Smith. I mean, this is his ninth NFL season. He had started just five games in his previous six. He's the QB six in fantasy scoring right now. I could never have seen that season coming, but boy, he was a godsend for a couple of my fantasy teams where I had quarterback problems, uh, mainly Trey Lance getting hurt. So Geno Smith, quite a surprise. Finally, what did I learn in 2022? Pursuing the top quarterbacks is worth your while. I mean, I just talked about Geno Smith. Geno, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Kirk Cousins currently occupy the quarterback six to quarterback nine range in fantasy scoring, all of them averaging about 18 fantasy points a game. Well, Jalen Hurts is averaging 26.8 fantasy points a game, Patrick Mahomes 25.8, Josh Allen 24.3. Those quarterbacks give you such a significant weekly advantage over the mid-range quarterback ones to say nothing of the lower-end quarterback ones or quarterback twos that some teams are forced to start. So uh, get one of those guys waiting at quarterback is no longer a prudent strategy in fantasy football. So that's it for me, Pat Fitzmores of fantasy pros. Thank you, Evan. And uh happy new year to everyone. Here's wishing you a great 2023.
0: What an absolute legend. I know we use that word a lot. I use the word a lot, but come on. Pat Fitzmores is an absolute legend. What a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate the kind words and appreciate the insight. I absolutely agree, especially those guys um, and gals of you that play Superflex. I play a lot of Superflex. It's just becoming more and more apparent, man. Having one or two of those top, top quarterbacks, such an advantage in fantasy. There you have it. Those are all the amazing guests that we've had. Uh, I love it. I love doing this format at the end of the year. I did it last year, did it again this year. I love that like each guest doesn't know what the other guests have said, whether they're voting for players or whether they're just giving advice. I find it really fascinating and interesting. I think it's really clear. A couple pieces of information, you know, for me that I picked out from the, from the geniuses that, that contributed was, you know, don't get in too many leagues. We talked I talked about that at the very start. I didn't even know they were going to say that. So that seems like a good piece of advice. Don't get in too many leagues, know your limits Keep it limited where you can still have fun and enjoy. Um, And also about like the zero RB hero RB life. It seems like a lot more people are coming around to that way of thinking. I kind of got on that bandwagon the last year or two. Seems like a lot more people are coming with me, which is exciting. We're going to definitely dive into that from a strategy perspective in the off season. I will just give my own personal takes here on the awards because, you know, it is my show. I feel like it's only right. For me, I'm just going to speak from the heart. I'm not going to throw stats and facts, facts and figures here, um, even though I really appreciate and love the ones that the, the guests did throughout there. For me, my Hatchet Man of the Year has to be Elijah Moore. Like, I absolutely love Elijah Moore. I had Elijah Moore so many places. I was touting Elijah Moore all offseason. I was so excited for Elijah Moore. And, I mean, he couldn't have hardly busted any harder. I mean, Literally, probably one or two weeks of the year you were able to use him. I used him far too many times. And it's just absolutely heartbreaking. You know, absolutely heartbreaking. I, I don't know all of the ins and outs of it. Obviously, there's some stuff going on. You know, with Zach Wilson at the time, there's some stuff going on with the coaching staff. I don't know what is going on. I know he's a talented player. I know he's capable of more than what he did this year. But man, he was a hatch man. He really, really, really broke my heart. My bus smart is actually Deontay Johnson. So somebody who's been like a wide receiver one or fringe wide receiver one the last couple of years, you know, I have a lot of Deontay Johnson. And man, it was painful. Like there was parts of the season where honestly, I wasn't even majorly thinking of him for my wide receiver three spot, let alone my wide receiver two or one spot. And that's hard, you know, when you get players like that, that you expect to build around, they're still kind of young and things. It really, really hurts so for me, he would be my bus mark candidate of the year. And Studs are Us, you know, for me, I would have to say uh, there's been a lot of really good ones. I think Jamal Williams is very worthy. He probably should be the winner because just, like, how cheap he was and how easy he was to acquire um, – I, I would say for me, probably going to give it to Justin Fields because I play a lot of Superflex And like we talked about, having one of those difference maker quarterbacks is such a big deal. I had gotten a couple of shares of Justin Fields in the offseason because I did believe in him. But man, that start of the season was rough and he, people were just sort of offloading him for pennies on the dollar. Those first five or six weeks of the season were really rough. People were panic selling And you were able to get really good deals on him or pick him up off the waiver wire if you were playing in redraft or like, you know, sort of seasonal leagues. And he just turned into such a stud, even with no weapons. I'm so excited for the future. Um, Hopefully you were able to load up on a couple of shares. And for me, what I learned this year, I mean, there's so many things and I agree with so much of what my guests said. One thing I will say that's just to try and be different, add another flavor. I really, really noticed this year that, man, there are serious overreactions, even in the Dynasty community. I think in redraft, overreactions are pretty commonplace because you only have that season. That season is all that matters. But I think in Dynasty, we know or we think we know that you should have a longer term approach to it. You shouldn't have as much knee jerk reactions. And I don't know if it's just an influx of a lot more new Dynasty players from Redraft and kind of that mindset, which is awesome. I'm all for that. I want to see the game of Dynasty build. I want to see more people get involved but one thing I have noticed is like a lot, a lot, a lot of knee-jerk reactions in the Dynasty community and the reason I say that is A, I think you need to be careful against knee-jerk reactions and I also think you can really take advantage of them because like I just said with Justin Fields, there's so many examples of players that had literally one or two bad weeks or one or two great weeks and their value either skyrocketed or just absolutely the bottom fell out and I think you just have to be pretty confident. Like, Christian Watson's another great example. I really liked Christian Watson coming into the season... He had a really rough start. He was beat up, you know, injured in preseason. He came from a smaller school. He had a bit of a transition period. And people were just absolutely out on him. Like, I was able to trade for him in a couple leagues for really, really ridiculously cheap prices. Then all of a sudden, he blows up in the second half of the season and everyone is anointing him as, like, you know, a top 24 wide receiver. So, I think the truth is probably in the middle somewhere. So, my point is, if you have a strong conviction on a player... Probably stick to your guns, at least for a little while. Now, don't hold on too long. I get that. You don't want to be holding on Jacoby Brissett still thinking he's going to be an amazing starting quarterback. But you also don't want to be the guy who sold Justin Fields for a random second round pick three weeks into the season. And now he's a top five dynasty quarterback, according to most people. So I would say be wary of overreactions whether it be through the draft process through the evaluation process but especially in season I feel like one bad game everyone's ready to count someone a bust or one great game everyone's expecting them to be a top 12 um you know at their at their position so that's what I would say guys let me know who was your bus smart who was your hatchet man who was your studs rs of the year you can send me an email I've talked about dynasty debates at gmail.com you can drop me a, a you know message on twitter don't forget if you've enjoyed the show if you're ready to rock for 2023 be a friend tell a friend let's make dynasty a year-round exciting thing to talk about and be involved in make sure and get those ratings and reviews in it doesn't cost you anything it helps the show it helps me out a lot and guys i'm excited to be back i hope you're excited to have me back and let's get stuck into 2023 happy happy new year (laughs) I draft zero RB in Dynasty Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be mean My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Nah, forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank
1: One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate